0: Gearing up for, I suppose, it's Dallas Week in Washington. It doesn't really uh, hold the same sway it once did in our fair city. But to help us now understand, you're more waiting week. Yeah, right. Exactly. We're just waiting for what happens after the Dallas game week. Um, but to help us understand everything happening in Big D with a a real Super Bowl contender is Calvin Watkins covers the Dallas Cowboys for the Dallas Morning News and is president of the Pro Football Writers Association. Huh. Calvin, what's up, man? How are you? I'm good. What's going on? Good, man. Uh, We are waiting out the days for a major overhaul of the (laughs) commander's organization. Basically, Um, you're on the opposite end. Uh, The Cowboys seem like they're a legit contender. Um, Mm -hmm. What do you make of this Dallas team? You've covered some good ones and and some real ones. And and now you got this group.
1: Uh, You know, it's you're right, I've covered some pretty good teams, um, and I guess I'm kinda skeptical of whenever we say, Oh, they have all this talent but you know, this might be the year where I think they can get to the conference championship game. And I haven't felt that way in a long time. Um if they win obviously as you guys know if they win on Sunday, they win the division and they'll have two home Playoff games, which is beneficial for them because they're undefeated at home. They play better mm. at home. And so, say they play Green Bay in the first round and they could beat Green Bay, then they might have to play Detroit. And Detroit's a little mad at them. And I think Detroit's mad at everybody, to be honest with you. And so, if they have a chance. Yeah. And, you know, they'll be a favorite to beat Detroit. And then, you know, then they got to go to oh, San Francisco if everything works the way we think it will. So, um, this is probably one of their better teams. And um, Mike McCarthy should get a lot of credit for that.
2: JP don't like giving Mike McCarthy no credit. But, <laughs> <laughs> I've been impressed this I year, mean, They
1: have played well, and
2: then in some games they get back to what we will see sometimes with this team. What what concerns you about that football team?
1: Uh, running. Uh, they can't stop the run, and they can't run the ball. Um, so, and, as you guys know, and BMAC knows this better than anybody, in, in the playoffs you got to run the football especially if you're on the road and it's going to be cold and all that kind of stuff. And they've been struggling to run the football. They haven't been able to stop the run They give up 266 rushing yards on the road in Buffalo, you know. Wow. Uh, then Miami ran for about 100 yards on them. And, you know, Detroit was running the ball pretty good on on, on the Cowboys uh, last week. And it wouldn't surprise me if Washington <laughs> run, runs the ball uh, with some effectiveness uh, on Sunday. So
0: it would surprise me.
1: <laughs> it was surprise, you, yes, but yeah, you have they don't run it.
0: Run <laughs> they, they just don't commit to it. But maybe this is the week they break it out. Um I, I want to circle back to McCarthy because I I saw mm-hmm. maybe it was a tweet you had. Um but McCarthy takes a lot of heat, and maybe some of that is just being the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, right? That that's a mm-hmm. that's a hot seat no matter what. McCarthy made the gutsy call to get rid of Kellen Moore, start calling the plays himself. What kind of job do you think Big Mike has done this year?
1: He's done a really good job. Um, now, when he took over the play calling, uh, I was a little skeptical. Very, skepti- excuse me, very skeptical because of how it ended in Green Bay. But so far, he's changed the offense. You know, West Coast offense. Dak is playing outstanding. We need the league in touchdowns. I have no complaints about Mike McCarthy.
0: None at all. mm. Now, you mentioned Dak. Dak's had a hell of a year. Dak, like his predecessor, Tony Romo, has had some big moments in playoff games that have gone against him. Um, what, how, how confident is Dak feeling? What, what's the vibe surrounding the, the Cowboys quarterback going into an important month of games? I
1: think the heat's off Dak Prescott. Um, last year, he led the league in interceptions. This year leading the league in touchdowns. Uh, he's in the MVP conversation for a minute. He's been, a, he's been outstanding. Um, is he like Pat Mahomes? No. Would you say Dak's season better than Pat Mahomes? Maybe so, if you look at the numbers, if you look at the win-loss record, look at where they are. So that's a possibility. So Dak's been great. He's embraced the West Coast offense. He did not like the fact that they got rid of Kellen Moore as offensive coordinator, because Keller Moore was all he knew. So here goes Mike McCarthy with three-step drops. We're going to call in place quicker. We're going to run slants. We're going to run quicker routes. We're going to throw a deep when we have to. It's different, and he's excelled at it. So I think Dak's been outstanding this year on and off the
0: field. I tend to agree with you, man. I, I think Dak's had certainly a big year. What um we're talking with Calvin Watkins here from the Dallas Morning News, looking, getting ready for this Cowboys Commanders matchup. A, a person like I've interacted with Dak, I've interacted with a, a lot of folks on that Cowboys team. I don't know that I've ever spoken to Micah Parsons. What's he like? Just as a dude. Uh, I like Micah. He, he, he you
1: know, I'm in my fifties, so I call him a kid. He, you know, he's he kind of reminds me of my kids. He's like a it's like a kid. You know, he, yeah. he has fun. Um, I think he's caught up a little bit too much into the refs, um, and I understand why, but there's nothing you can do about that. It's,
0: like thinks do he's do getting held do. every play.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, and look, he all probably get is. <laughs> right, right. they all get held. All the, they all get held. You know, they're not. You know, it's what it is. There's a time limit um, on that
2: football game. It can't be eight hours. Right, exactly.
1: But <laughs> other than that, he's he's cool. Uh, I like him. He's part of this new. Uh, NFL player, I call it the NFL player empowerment, where they're going to use social media. As you know, Mike has got a breach Report uh, live stream. He's going to say his opinions, and that's cool for us. It's good for us. It's good for our business. So he's, he's more vocal, more opinionated, which is okay. I don't think he's reckless in his opinions. He's just what he is, and he's a good guy from PA, He's one of the best pass rushers in the league, and he's going to be a rich man in about two years. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for hey, sure. You, you mentioned they don't
2: stop the run, and I've always said, what did I say about them? I say, if you run at Michael Parsons, because he's not that big, you run at him consistently, because that's what Joe Gibbs would do, find a great pass rusher, make him into a run stopper. And do you think that, as good as he is, in the run game, he doesn't make all those plays unless you're going away from him.
1: Uh, if you go away from him, you're going to run into Demarcus Lawrence. who's very good at stopping the run. Mm-hmm. What what teams have been doing? They've been running up the middle, and they also run, as you said, sometimes they do run at Michael Parsons. Yeah, and and he doesn't. He's not as good at stopping the run as Demarcus Lawrence. Um, the Cowboys struggle with setting the edges. Whether it's Lawrence, whether it's Parsons or Doris Armstrong, doesn't matter who the ends are. They struggle at setting the edges. Uh, excuse my friends, they're a little light in the ass at linebacker. <laughs> so so that also is an issue. You know, they signed Damian Wilson to the practice squad this week, and he's a big linebacker. What the Cowboys have at linebacker is a bunch of these, uh, tweeners, you know. I yeah. like in basketball, you know, how you're really a small forward, but you're playing power forward, yep. you know, like that. They have these safeties who are playing linebacker, and they're very athletic and they're really good, But when it comes to trying to stop a 235-pound running back, they're not very good. So that's been the issue in terms of stopping the run. I would think whenever they have the draft, they're going to draft them a big linebacker next year.
0: Hey, Calvin, you know, one of the focuses here in Washington is is they're going to turn this whole operation over, right? They're going to get a new coach. Mm -hmm. They're going to get a new GM. It's all going to start fresh. For all that. All the glitz that Dallas is, I mean all the headlines, Jerry World, all of it, I mean, the Cowboys have drafted really well and, and not just at the top, but throughout the draft. Um, you know, I, I know Jerry and Steven kinda suck up all the air in that front office, but do you think I, I I'm I'm blanking on the dude's name, but the number three guy, um like do Bill you th- yeah. Do, do you think one of those guys would ever leave the Cowboys to take over a new job?
1: Will McClay uh, is from Houston. Um, and he's had opportunities to interview for other, you know, GM jobs, whatever you want to call those positions these days. And he's like, no, I'm good here. Uh, my son is here. He's basically, yes, Jerry Jones has the title as general manager. But when it comes to the day-to-day operations, it's Will McClay. You know, Jerry's not watching tape of trying to figure out who's the next linebacker we got to find. Sure. That's, you, know, okay, you know, let's be honest here. That, that's Will McClay. So he's got as much power as you would ever think you would want to have. Um, he doesn't have to go through a team president. He goes straight to Jerry and says, hey, Jerry, we need to do this. Okay. So why would he leave? Now – say Washington comes to call him and says, hey, we'll give you the same power here that you have in Dallas, I, I don't know if he would consider that. I, I doubt it because he's pretty comfortable here in Dallas. But, yeah, I do think from looking at you guys from afar, I've always felt like as soon as you got the new ownership, that that whole thing was going to be cleared out. Um, and rightfully so because I think you have some talent there. Um, I just think you need to find a quarterback. And you need to have some structure in terms of, a coach and coordinators and all that kind of stuff. So I think that's been the biggest problem because I don't think you drafted poorly per se. Um, you know, you had the pass rushers and you had the receivers and you had the tight end and the line has been okay, but you just got
0: to put it together. Agreed. Um, you know, they the the problem with this iteration of the Washington staff is they've just never had a plan. They've never or they've had it and then they've rewritten it every year they've hmm. never just stuck with something um and and I think you got to hand it to, to Jerry and McClay whoever it is maybe even McCarthy they, they've built that Cowboys team inside out for a number of years and invested on both lines and then you find a quarterback and you pay him um I don't I, I think at this point everybody kind of knows that he's not the long-term answer what have you thought of Sam Howell watching from from afar?
1: Uh, He's been so up and down uh, that I don't think he's the answer. Now, he might throw for 300 yards on Sunday. Who knows? (laughs) But uh, I don't think he's the answer. But you know what? It's hard to find a quarterback, man. I mean, the Jets drafted Zach Wilson, what, three? And then four years ago, they drafted Sam Sam, um, Donald in the top five. And now they're going to be done with those guys. You know, so it's just so hard to find. Look at the Bears; they got to make a tough decision with Justin Fields. You know, because they got the number yeah. one overall pick.
0: Right. It's, yeah. it's,
1: you know, the Cowboys. The Cowboys franchise quarterback was drafted in the fourth round, and the guy before that was an undrafted guy, Tony Romo. Those were their franchise quarterbacks. So, it you know, you just I think the key is when you draft a quarterback, who's coaching them up. There you go. You know. That to me is the biggest thing, and Sam Howe might be the next whatever, but who's coaching them up? And I think that's the the next thing you have to think about when you hire a coach. When you're sitting there in front of the, you know, ownership, and you go, okay, we might hire you as the head coach, but who's your offensive coordinator going to be? Who's your quarterbacks coach? Who's your running backs coach? Who's your whole line coach? How is all that going to align? Like the Cowboys, one of the things that they did. But when they changed the offense, McCarthy said, all right, look, this is what we're going to do. The offensive line is going to change their blocking schemes to align with the passing changes, you know. So they have a little mixture of zone blocking and man blocking because we do zone for certain things and we do um, man for certain things. That's going to do a three-step drop. You know, we're not going to be a zone run team. We're going to be a power running team if we can do that mm. with certain, certain situations. And then we're going to throw it deep just because they got cover two. We don't care. We're going to throw it deep because we want the defense to respect that. So everything's going to be aligned, and that's what you have to do. I think in Washington, is whoever we hire, they're going to everything they do has got to be aligned together. If not, then it's not going to work. Even on defense, Dan Quinn, the defensive coordinator, he said, "You know what? I was a zone guy in Seattle with my scheme. Now I'm in Dallas." I got to go man because I got man corners who can play. So you got to have coaches that are also flexible enough to change their scheme based on the personnel.
2: Yep. At what you're saying, (laughs) wish we could get it here. Yeah. Because everybody want to force people into a scheme, and I think that's the dumbest thing in the world.
0: Hey, Uh Calvin, I did want to ask you, I I believe you were the pool reporter after that Lions-Cowboys game um, Uh that ended with the – Certainly controversial. Um, you know, did the tackle make himself eligible with the ref? What What was the explanation you got after that one?
1: Uh, I think. I mean, he basically said, um, "Dakota reported," and so we announced that he was eligible, and and that there was a flag because the guy who caught the ball was an illegal touch. And there was another flag thrown on that play, and that flag was um, in illegal formation because one of the linemen were, was not covered up. Um, so I think the refs got confused by the Lions because the Lions were trying to confuse the Cowboys, if that makes sense. They were, the Lions were trying to pull a one on the Cowboys. So, they were, so if you remember, the Lions had two offensive linemen talking to Brad Allen, the ref. And then mm-hmm. Decker comes on the field to check in, right? But the ref said Decker didn't need to, to check in because he had already been a tackle-eligible player. So when I asked the ref, well, what are you talking to the two other linemen about? And he said, we were talking about who was eligible. And then he went to the Cowboys D-line to say, such and such is going to be eligible, right? So, but I think Brad Allen his crew kind of got the numbers mixed up. Because if remember, Dan Campbell said before the game, he talked to the refs and said, hey, we're going to run this trick play. Right? I want to make sure it's right. And and Mike McCarthy and I had talked about this at a press conference, not I, you know, all of us. And he said, yes, he talked to the refs some time and said, hey, look, we're going to run this play. It's a trick play. You know, want to make sure that everybody's aligned up. And the refs said, yes, it's perfect. It's fine. So you put that in their minds, but I think, um, so much as, the referees me- me- messed up basically. They, they screwed up, and the Lions screwed up too. So, because uh, I think after, if you remember, the Lions got three chances at it. So after the first one when they where they got the penalty on the uh, when they got the touch, when they got when they converted a two point conversion and they threw the penalty, they got a second chance as a five yard penalty. At that point, you should say let's kick the PAT. They went for it again. And it was an interception on the PAT, but Parsons was offside, so they get a third chance. And at some point, someone's got to tell Dan Campbell, "Hey, bro, let's go to overtime."
0: Yeah, going for it from the seven was bananas. Yeah,
1: it was a little bit that. Right. Um, La- no, but Dan Campbell's trying to get. I didn't even cut you off, but Dan no, Campbell's trying to get the. But he's trying to get the number one seed. You know, he's sure. trying to. He, you know, at that point, he was like, "Hey, we can get the number one seed here." So I, I get what he was doing, but at some point someone got knocked on the door and said, uh, hey, bro, nah, you
2: got to <laughs> no, try again. Yeah, try it next time.
0: Do you think <laughs> – I don't know how to properly phrase this. Brian and I have a theory, and B, you maybe you could phrase this better than me, that the, the aura of Jerry World, of Jerry Jones, of all those people on the field level, of everything that happens down there, makes it such that Dallas gets the calls at home. Do, do you buy that? They get a lot of them. Do you buy that?
1: Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, I mean, it's easy to say that when they're eight, you know, at home, but I, I've never looked at AT&T as this imposing place. Like, people are scared to come here. You know, like Kansas City or Seattle with the noise um, or anything of that nature. Um, I, I don't belief so i don't think
2: so i mean but maybe i'm too close to it that i don't see it but no it's not that the, the stadium is a loud place it's just that when it, Jerry's dead, it scares the hell out of people
1: i know that was the case, if well, that was the case they'd be winning super bowls almost every other year Now you can't do it every year
2: it'd be too obvious then
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> the, the last i mean of games i have covered in Jerry World, I've seen Ezekiel Elliott jump into the Salvation Army pot. I've seen Dak Prescott pull turkey legs out of the Salvation Army pot. Um, I saw John Allen take a swing at Deron Payne on their heated bench sideline. Maybe it's just the games I've covered down there have pretty much been disasters. Um, but that hmm. may say more about Washington than it does about Dallas. Yeah. Maybe
1: maybe it is was about Washington. Um you know, and all the dysfunction that you guys have had down there for a number of years. Because I look at the the players, and I go, man, they got some good talent, some good draft picks. So I don't know what's going on. Um, I was not I'm not a big Ron Rivera fan. I never thought that was a good hire to begin with. Um, I like Eric enemy, but I felt like there was a no win situation for him to go to Washington. Um, and then all you need to know about Ron Rivera as a coach and a leader. And I think he's a good guy, but this is more about football. Is that when the enemy said the players were mad at him because he was yelling at them and he was getting on their tails about, you know, trying to take them to another level, and then Ron Rivera had to come in and had it like, it's okay, guys, it's okay. He's yelling at you. I thought that was, I thought he, I thought, I think he lost the team right there. Yeah, you got to back, back up Eric Biannimi on that. But they you lost the them.
0: edge that they had, I can tell you that. Yeah, you, you, yeah can't, you can't do that. You can't bring somebody in to change the tone, and then when folks talk about the tone, you let there be an end around. You know what I mean? Like you yeah. got to say, well, that's the rule. I, 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 I'm with you. It was um, it was an odd marriage from the start. Ron, for three years, has built a team that wants to be run first. That's what he said in his season-closing and then you hire Eric, who, who wants to throw it all over the yard. Like, it, it just it, – it, it wasn't the right marriage from the beginning, I don't think. Mm-hmm.
1: No, I understood why Eric took the job. Sometimes you need a job. Yeah, it was also the last um,
0: job available.
1: Hmm. Yeah, that's, that's true. It's the chief and plan. Um, and Ron Rivera, you know, Mike McCarthy said the same thing. He said, I want to run the ball more. He said that at the combine. And it caused all kinds of controversy here in Dallas. You know, the Cowboys don't run the ball as much as they pass. So, every coach says, I want to run the ball more. Well, sure. yeah, you do, but then you get in the game and you go, we got to
0: throw the ball 50 times. Yep. <laughs> so, that's okay. Um, Calvin, we appreciate it, man. We'll see you on Sunday. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate you guys. Take care. All right, All right. Calvin you. Watkins from the Dallas Morning mm-hmm. News and the president of the Pro Football Writers of America. Plenty for us to discuss going forward. Be back in Philly. <laughs> we're gonna get into week 18 playoff scenarios and perhaps more important locally the commander's number two pick scenarios don't go anywhere It's be
1: call from mom answer it call silenced
0: instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game that's why they make ordering from your couch easy stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Crank that, Landini. What a banger Inside of a song. The LBC. On a mission trying to find Mr. Warren G.
2: Two one three. On, On two, two one, one and Lewis.
0: The brother shooting dice, so I said, let's, let's do, do this. this. <laughs> Stuck. Remember this video, B? Landville, even you remember this one. I never heard the song before. No way. Nope. Eli. You've never heard this song before? Nope.
2: You just heard it and say, I'm going to play this because this thing is a groove, right?
0: Got to play something. Even <laughs> Jeff's heard this. Jeff, you got to love that song. Gotta the original regulate. version. Yeah. Regulate any stealing of this property. We're damn good, too. All right. <laughs> um, here's something that's very confusing. The NFL playoff structure Going into week 18 is undeniably wacky, all right? It's wacky. Both one seeds have been clinched. Yep. Uh, you know what was funny is Shelby, my 8-year-old, was asking me about the AFC and the NFC yesterday, so uh-huh. I, I got to explain that to her. Um, the one seed in the AFC locked up Baltimore Ravens. Ravens. One seed in the NFC locked up San Francisco Niners. 49ers, okay? Um, now, the Dolphins and the Chiefs and the Browns, have all clinched a playoff spot. The Chiefs have clinched the AFC West. Yep. In the NFC, the Cowboys, the Eagles, the Rams, and the Lions have all clinched a playoff spot. The Cowboys and the Eagles still have the NFC East up for grabs. The Lions have clinched the NFC North, and the Rams have clinched a wild-card spot. Yeah. That leaves plenty of football to be figured out on Saturday and Sunday. Yes. Yes. Um, Landini has provided me with a convenient way of figuring out what the hell everybody's chances are. Let's start. Um, Who did we have on yesterday? Greenberg said nobody wants to play Buffalo.
2: Yeah, He said that.
0: Which I think is fair because they've gotten very hot at the right time. Kind of reminded me of some of those Giants teams, the Eli teams that got hot late and then were hell on wheels. See, um, I just,
2: I'm just at the point where the, the Buffalo Bills get hot for three, four, five games then they have a dud. And that dud may come in the playoffs. It could come this week before the playoffs. That's what I'm saying. It's just like, that's why they trouble
0: me. I get it. You are not sold on the Bills. I'm aware. Not until Uh, they do it. What do they have to do to constitute you being sold on them? Like actually win the title?
2: If they go and have a bad game, and it's not because of their damn quarterback. Okay. Now, they, Uh, they don't need to win a title. I mean, hell, they haven't done it before. But my whole thing is, when most teams fail, it's like something else, but Josh is normally the one that plays it, that, that gives you the dud.
0: Um, You know, in their last loss, they haven't lost now since – they've won four in a row, yeah. including at Kansas City, Dallas at home, at the Chargers, at – the Patriots. Now, this past game against New England, he wasn't very good. He was 15-30 with a pick. They were able to run the ball pretty well. Yeah. Um, their last loss, I, I would hardly put on him. They gave up 37 to the Eagles on the road. Um, he was pretty good in that thing, only had the one pick. But you're right. I mean, he's capable of spraying the ball a little bit. Um, for for the, he, I'd argue he's been pretty damn good. His accuracy's there. He does have 16 picks. I think he's second or third in the NFL in picks. But just for the Bills to get in, okay? Yeah. Um Buffalo's ripped off four consecutive wins to go from the playoff bubble to a potential two seed. That's the wildest part. They play yeah. Miami in Sunday Night Football. Miami right now is Got a lot of injuries. Yeah. Miami's 11 and 5. The Bills are 10 and 6. Where are they I, playing at? Um I believe it is in Miami, so you're not going to have the, the help of the weather on this thing. Um, Sunday Night Football should be a pretty damn electric atmosphere. Probably a lot of Bills yes, fans into Miami. down in South Florida. Yeah, it's down yeah. there. But the Bills have won four in a row, right, to kind of get back in it. The, the Dolphins, since that big win here against the Commanders, are two and two including a loss to the Titans at home on Monday Night Football. Mm-hmm. Um, you know they. It's been interesting, including they're coming off an absolute thrashing in Baltimore.
2: The Ravens beat the hell out of them.
0: B, I don't know this, but I know, here's what I know, that when Andy Reid has shipped something from one of his teams to Washington, it generally hasn't worked out for Washington. Uh-huh. And I know that it took a lot of... A lot of balls to get rid of Tyreek Hill. Yep. And the first year after Tyreek Hill, they won a Super Bowl. Yep. And undeniably, when Tyreek is on the football field, he's one of the five best players in football, yeah. period. What His speed, what he can do, there's nobody else on the planet that can Remarkable. do Remarkable. But, B, there's a lot of stuff going on with Tyreek. I don't know if you saw his house was just on fire. He had, he had to leave practice, and by all accounts, that's just an accident. I mean, just one of those yeah. terrible things. Everybody was uninjured. I, I've, I've read online, and I don't know how true all this stuff is, that a number of women have come out and said, you know, there's allegations of, of, of being the father to a bunch of different children. Mm-hmm. There's just a lot of stuff going on with Tyree Hill in the last few weeks, and it, it's just – Now they're actually questioning if he's going to be okay. It seems like everything's okay at his home, but there's just a lot there. And I think without him, that team is dramatically different. Yep. So if the Bills can win Sunday night, they go from two weeks ago out of the playoffs to the Mm two-seed, which is wild. It is. And if they lose, they're out of the playoffs. I don't think it 100% goes that way. It'll depend on what other the, teams win, but they would Tyree, lose a though, bunch of tiebreakers.
2: And all that stuff going on around him, he got 112 receptions for seventeen hundred yards and 12 touchdowns.
0: Sure, he's outrageous. I mean, so it's like... But I'm, a lot of this stuff is within the last two yeah, weeks. Yeah, but
2: if, the, if somebody saying he's the father of their child, that ain't happened in the last two weeks. That's been going on for a while. <laughs> so I'm just sure. saying. So it's just, I, I listen, man, what I've always known is this. We outside of the game, we we look at players a certain way. Players go through a lot of stuff and do a lot of stuff and still perform. Sure, I don't think that's going to affect him.
0: Tyreek hasn't scored a touchdown in the last month. Um, he hasn't scored a touchdown since the game in Washington, where mm-hmm. he went for a buck fifty and two touchdowns. Yep, um, he's he's dealt with some injury stuff. It, it's it's just so let me. Read exactly what they write about the Bills here, because this was this is hard to keep track of. All right, Buffalo has ripped off four consecutive wins to go from bubble team to potential two seed. But if three games break bad for the Bills prior to their season finale at Miami, they could take the field Sunday night facing an all or nothing scenario. If the Steelers beat the Ravens in Baltimore on Saturday, the Jaguars possible sure because I mean you got Huntley starting and they're probably going to rest some other guys in Baltimore. If the Jaguars beat the Titans on Sunday, and Saturday night's Texans Colts game does not end in a tie, the stakes get very real. It won't end in a tie. Probably not. So that's one thing you could probably rule out. So really, what this comes down to is Pittsburgh winning and and Jacksonville winning, yeah. and Buffalo will know all of those scenarios before that game kicks off. True. It it's. It's fascinating how the math works on this crazy stuff. Mm -hmm. We'll run through the rest of the NFL playoff scenarios when we return. Be Mitchell Finley. I do not care if you're a man, woman, or kid. If you run into a parking spot while I'm parking, this is coming your way. Did you watch the video I responded to? Oh, no. What happened? Somebody stole somebody's spot?
2: Dude was about to park his car, and this lady ran into the parking spot and said, No, my car is over there. They're bringing it over here. And then the lady mother got into the parking spot. I said, no way.
0: I'll run right over them. I ain't going to run over them. i tap them a little bit, though. Oh, no. Nah. I, I would just move. You got to move. I would move close enough that they would move.
2: Or, yeah. let, the, or I, let the. I am going to put my car in a spot where that other car is not going in that spot. Yeah, I would have blew the horn. or You know how, like, them old cartoons be if with you a blow big it security loud enough, guard? If you just blow it loud enough, they'll get the hell out the way. Grab them from, from the back of their shirts and move them out? <laughs> yeah. Mm-mm. That's
0: craziness, man. Um, so let's look at, I mean, obviously this Bills scenario is is the wildest one. Um, and, and other things could shake out. Uh, The Steelers could get in if they win and the bills lose. Um, it's just crazy. Now the NFC playoff picture is not nearly as exciting. I don't think if the Buccaneers win they're they're in, they clinch the NFC South. If they lose, they're gone. Now, Good. some some of the wacky stuff is what happens with ties and everything. Um, if the Bucks tie and the Saints lose, then the Bucks still get in. And if the Bucks tie, the Seahawks lose, and the Packers tie, they get in. But uh, I, I don't know. Do you want you want to get into all the ties and everything? No. I don't either.
2: I see why Ryan didn't know it was in last year. <laughs> all this crap. All
0: right, let's read about the Packers. For the second year in a row, the Packers enter week 18 with a win-and-in opportunity. Um, Last year, they're playing a hot division foe. Um, Now, Green Bay can still clinch with a loss, but they need just so much wacky stuff to happen. Basically, if Green Bay wins, they're in. But I believe Green Bay is playing... Who does Green Bay have this weekend? This is all so damn complicated. Um... I believe we should just Jeff see if you can just get odds of teams to make to make it in Green Bay this week win and in against the Bears, but this same kind of scenario last year against of, of the Lions that knocked them out. Yeah, and Green Bay I think is a short home favorite. I I just don't know what to make of that game. Jordan Love's played a lot better.
2: He's played better. Uh, he's still trying to say listen. Don't go get another quarterback. I, right. I can
0: handle it for y'all. So. Right. Um, how did How do the Drab Hawks get in? They need
2: Packers are sitting at minus 210.
0: To get in? Yep. All right. So just looking at the percentages here, the Packers are a 60, have a 64% chance to get in. Uh, if they win, it's 100%. If they lose, it's 17%. All right. The Seahawks only have a 25% chance of getting in. Even if they win, it's only a 40% chance. Basically, it's going to be the Bucks or the Saints winning the South. And the Packers, if they win. I guess it, the Vikings have a 4% chance of getting in. The Falcons have a 13% chance of getting in. But it's Saints or Bucks for the NFC South. And then the Seahawks have an outside chance of getting that wild card spot if the Packers lose to the Bears. Hmm. We've seen, I mean, crazy stuff happens, dude. Yeah, um, it's been a lot
2: of stuff like that. But, like, I think, like I've always said, handle your business early. You know, like, I, that's what I, I look at this team where we play early and then we do nothing later. We don't play well, then we got to do everything late in the games and in the season. Do what the damn, what, what people like um, Ravens and the damn 49ers have done. Take care of your business to where you get to a point where you could chill, watch everybody else
0: fight for it. Sure, I, I, that Colts Texans game could actually be pretty fun because those are two good stories. I, I think, I think the Colts are kind of the better team. I think the Texans have, you know, the guy that's going to win Rookie of the Year, a really exciting young quarterback, and CJ Stroud. Um, I, I don't know how that will shake out, but I think if you're the NFL, wouldn't you rather get Houston in there and and get CJ Stroud on that national stage? Ah, uh, yeah. I, I mean, even if that's so, – so that would be – I guess if Houston wins, it's still not a done deal that they could clinch the division, but they could get to that seven seed instead of the Colts. The Steelers are right there. It also shows the the strength of the AFC where they have four teams competing – Bills at ten and six, and then three nine and seven teams, and Colts, Texans, Steelers. Uh-huh. Whereas the bottom of the AF, bottom of the NFC, the Rams have already locked in at nine and seven, and then you've got five teams competing still at eight and eight or worse. You got three eight and eights and a pair of seven and nines. I like that.
2: They got to fight all the way down the end. I won't be seeing a bunch of bogus football that last game.
0: No, but I'm saying. Clearly, the AFC is the better conference because those teams still have to fight, but they're two games over 500, whereas in the NFC, you've got teams that are two games under 500 still competing.
2: Oh, I understand that.
0: Um, The team that's on the bubble that I would like to see in the most, I I don't really consider the Bills on the bubble, but they'd be there. But... I like the Steelers when they're in the playoffs. Remember last month or whatever when there was all this conversation about Mike Tomlin getting fired again, and then people are like, "That's not going to happen." It's entirely possible he's going to go ten and seven.
2: The man can play. The man can coach. <laughs> Let's just do that. But every year somebody wants him fire.
0: Well, dude, what's crazy is people are like, "Oh, he could only win with Roethlisberger." Yeah. Most coaches only win with good quarterbacks. That that's pretty nor that's pretty standard. The fact that he doesn't lose with bad ones is more remarkable.
2: That, that says a lot.
0: I that Ravens Steelers game though, that is such an intense rivalry. And That the game road. is
2: going to be that's going to be electric.
0: Well dude, I, I get that the Ravens are probably going to have some guys on the bench, but I I don't think that means they're not going to go hard.
2: They're going to play.
0: Um Landville, let's see if we can book Ravens insider for the La Plata Journal, uh, Matt Valdez, tomorrow, just to get an expectation of, of, of what he <laughs> thinks. Um, coming up at noon, we're going to go through kind of who's playing, who isn't, what they're going to do in Washington, specifically John Allen. Uh, they're about to start practice, so we'll at least see who's out on the practice field. Peter Rosenberg joins us at 1230. We're going to hear from Eric Bieniemy a little later today. Phone lines open at 1 o'clock for Bleep You Thursday. Before we go, Beamish Finley brought to you by Rude HVAC Equipment. Head over to Rude.com to find a contractor near you and available tax credits and rebates. And remember, Brian, if it ain't rude, it ain't right. Listen to every MLB game live. And the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is good. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader.